Do you know runners say that you, when you start running, you run and your body hurts all over. But you can run until you break through the pain and then be able to run a smooth race. See, the race is for everyone. It's those that are faithfully just plotting. You're not a runner. I'm not a runner anymore. But I can move, and I'm going to keep moving. You may not be able to run like some of our famous runners are, but we can, whether you're fast, whether you're slow, or whether you're strong or you're weak, we all have to persevere until the end. Notice it says the race set before us, and that simply means it's our personal race. Some of you seem to have a straighter course than others. Others seem to go through many twists and turns. Others are have flat land. Others are hilly. Some are at, have low altitudes and some high, but each of us have to finish this race. The next thing that is in the next verse of that chapter, it says, looking unto Jesus. Unless you've got your eye on the end of the prize, you may not make it there. You have to keep your focus. You know who I think is part of that crowd? Probably right in the middle of that crowd that's watching us and seeing us. It's Jesus. Where are they? Where does the race end up? It ends up in the stadium. They may run 24 miles all over, but they come through one place and they cross the finish line. And that's where the crowds are waiting to see who crosses that finish line. And Jesus is in the midst of that. And it says to look unto Jesus. You keep your focus on him. And you're not going to go this way. And you're not going to go that way. You keep your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we stay connected to him. It also means, when you look at that word, looking unto Jesus, it means looking to him and looking away from other things. In a race, you can't look back. Many a race has been lost because somebody looked back to see where the next racer was, and they raced right by them. That also killed Lot's wife. And that's how we'll end up, a pillar of salt. If we don't keep looking back, we've got to keep our heads forward. Jesus finished his race, and he gave us the great example of it. But keeping our focus on him, and he kept his focus on the prize, folks. He looked beyond the cross. He looked beyond it to what he was wanting to gain for you and me. We must keep our focus on Jesus, fixing our eyes on him as a hunter keeps his animal that he's got his focus on, the scope, the crosshairs. He, you've got to keep your eye on the center of that crosshair. Isn't that right, Nolan? Isn't there a crosshair there? that you? And a baseball that can, a player that keeps his eyes on the ball. It's learning to, be that, learning to be and understanding that everything that hinders has to leave my life. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto him who loves us. What keeps Jesus full of joy was the finishing of his race. Fulfilling his purpose on this earth, and you will never have the joy that you need to have and should have if you don't keep your focus on him. You've got to keep looking at what God is doing. You see, there's sacrifice now, but there's satisfaction later. There's a cross now, but there's crown waiting for us. Can anybody say thank God for that? It's a cross now, but there's a crown later. When you do come to that same conclusion as Jesus did, that there's a crown to be won. There's a cross to bear, but there's victory ahead. Then you will no longer be entangled with the things of this life. I want you to look down that road. Look down that road, and I'm going to do this real quickly here. Look down the road. There's a cheering crowd there for you. I want you to know who's in that crowd. There's Noah, there's Abraham, there's Sarah, there's Isaac, there's Rebecca, there's Israel, there's Rachel, there's Joseph, there's Moses, there's Aaron, there's Joshua, and there's Caleb, David, and Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Esther, and Deborah, and Ruth, and Rahab, and look, there's Stephen, who's been beaten black and blue by stoning, was left to die. There's John the Baptist, who was beheaded. There's Isaiah, who was cut in half. 
There's Luke who was hanged from a tree. There's Mark who still has scars on his thighs where they drug him to death in the streets. There's Barnabas who was burned to death. There's Peter who died crucified upside down. There's Thomas that's baked well in an oven, then stabbed with a spear. There's Matthew who was crucified, stoned, and then decapitated. And there's Jesus, still with the marks of his hand, in his hands, his feet, his head where the nails pierced his skull, and his side. These spiritual giants, these heroes of faith, these champions are rooting for us to make it in. It's time for us not to be lax because we, the Lord, is looking for radical warriors. When you look at what all these great men, were they any different than you and I? They were ordinary men and women. The disciples were not any extraordinary until the Holy Ghost got a hold of their lives. Transformed them. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. You need it because it transformed me. It changed me from somebody getting saved every weekend to a woman that knew who she was and a young lady who knew who she was and knew what God wanted her to do. The Holy Ghost will change your life. These men received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and everything in the church world changed. These spiritual giants. Do you want to be a giant in God or just make it in by the skin of your teeth? Let me clue you in. There's no skin on your teeth. God is saying at the very beginning, I mentioned it, that I'm looking for warriors. And I'm looking for those who are not intimidated. Champions are not intimidated when they are sent out as sheep among wolves because they are bold and they know their authority. Champions are determined and they're willing to lay down their lives no matter what the cost and who are able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Those champions are courageous. And when they face challenges because they know that I will give them, God will give them the strength to endure the tests and trials. God is looking for champions who are watchmen on the wall with keen eyesight and discernment. Champions are those who learn how to tune into the frequencies of God and recognize that God is giving them an assignment and that they're well able to fulfill it. Champions are those who are not tossed to and fro and up and down and in and out and pray for me because I can't hardly make it in. I want you to know we are more than that, folks. And those God is calling us to, and the Lord says, champions of faith, free yourself from anything and anyone who would keep you from entering your fullness of what I have for you. Sever yourselves from those relations, that ships that would lead you astray, and separate yourselves unto me. Align yourselves with men and women of faith and of integrity that will speak into your life. Tell you the truth. Tell you where you need to change. Pray for you and help you to grow and develop into the champion you've been called to be. And then build relations with each other. That will strengthen you. And the scripture was up there tonight. Like iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. My last scripture. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, got to change that thought. Man. Jesus. I'm gathering myself just for a second here. You know, when somebody leaves such a dynamic imprint on your life, you just can't easily say goodbye. It's not easy. And I know everyone in this room who knew her 
as Kathy said, there's something, there's something that resonates in you this morning that goes, oh, I miss Mary. I miss her. That's the life she lived, a legacy of Mary Edwards. What made Mary so special was one day she gave her life completely to God. And in that, she, she received her true identity. How do you leave? How do I leave? How do we leave an imprint in this life when we leave? How? How do you leave a godly legacy? How is that possible? I want to share with you because as I shared with my own tribute to my mom yesterday, there's a world that has a lot of ways to leave a, they, 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 they try to be remembered, they try to accumulate stuff, you try, and, you try and build things, you try and write things, you try and create things, and hopefully, and maybe there's some kind of imprint on your life, but let me just tell you something, everything in the world, they're, they're, those are cool things, those aren't bad things, those aren't, but let me just say this, if it falls way short, if God's not in the center of it, if God isn't the one, God, God being the one who breathes life, because as we know, you can't even love right. You can't love pure. Well, you can't agape unless you know Jesus Christ. Agape is the supernatural love of God, and it's impossible to love as God loves sacrificially without agape, without Jesus in your heart. One of the ironies in this life is success is no guarantee that people re will remember you. The moment you get a goal and you achieve it, somebody later is going to surpass it. Success does not ensure that you'll have a legacy. What does? The best legacy that you can leave is now is live your life for God wholeheartedly, completely, and invest your life into others. You see, when you show up into heaven, you don't want to show up there alone. <laughs> I want to show up with a whole bunch of people trailing behind me. Oh, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that there's going to be, a, there's many, many, many numbers that are attributed to Mary's life. Many that have been saved, impacted, touched, grandkids, children, great-grandkids that just arose, arose. She will have impacted, be impacted, and the future grandkids, great-grandkids, and great-great-grandkids will be impacted because she impacted every single life in her family. Yes, this isn't a message about mom. It's about, but let me tell you something. I'm going to refer to her here and there today. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Ecclesiastes 7.1 says, A good reputation is better than the most expensive perfume. And don't you know that you can smell really good, but your life, if your life doesn't have the smell test, it fails the smell test, it doesn't matter how good you smell. The fruit of your life is important. So today we're going to look at five character qualities. Let me just bring up five. There's many more. I want to highlight five. Character qualities or qualities of a, in your life to leave a godly legacy. And the first one is this. Leave a legacy. Leave a legacy, church. Men and women of God of character and integrity. Oh, my mom... She was the real deal, man. Mom was the real deal. She was a woman of character and integrity. The Bible says that, that respect is earned through integrity. Proverbs 17, 7 says, Respected people do not tell lies. Malcolm Forbes, who started Forbes magazine, said that integrity is the basis for all true blue success. It's the foundation. It's the cornerstone. It's Without it, you don't have genuine success, you need integrity. The ancient China, I've shared this story before, but it bears repeating. The ancient China, in ancient China, they built that wall, and it was a, 
desired, they, they desired security from the bar barbaric people of the north, and so they built the Great Wall of China, and it was too high to climb, too thick to break down, and too long to go around. Security achieved, right? Wrong. The reality is no one ever got over it, no one ever got around it, but let me tell you something. You know what happened? There was a gatekeeper that didn't have integrity. True fact. And so the enemy found a way to get to the gatekeeper, and they bribed him, paid him handsomely, and the gatekeeper opened the door. Proverbs 10.9 says, The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. The key to a good reputation and a godly legacy is character. What is that? Your inner desires, your motivations, your drives. What drives you? Your convictions. The beliefs that motivate you to act and respond in a certain way. Character is what's on the inside. You ever want to see what's in someone's character? Like a toothpaste and pressures of life come and they squeeze them, what comes out? When they get bumped and they get jostled with the things and the cares or the stuff of life and the pressure comes and they don't call on and they rely upon God and they rely upon something else, what comes out? That's, that's your character is revealed. It is said that reputation is what other people think you are. Character is who you really are. Philippians 1.11, it says, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Strong character is a non-negotiable requirement for achieving our goals and dreams. It is the battering ram, if you will, that allows us to break through obstacles and to really grow. Every challenge we face on this journey has the potential to do something, to either take you down or to make us stronger. Which is it for you? When we face problems in hard times, it's the strength of our character that enables us not only to face the storm, but to do something. Turn it to your advantage. Oh, that's why the Bible says, consider it all joy, Lark, when you consider trials. Consider, tr consider it all joy when you face trials and tribulations of all sorts. Why? It produces something. When you pursue rightly, when you, when you walk through it rightly, with godly character, releaning on the everlasting arms of God, your Father, to walk you through, to praise Him in the midst of perplexity, as we sang this morning, in the midst of a mystery, I yet will praise Him. He's worthy. When you're squeezed by life, what comes out of you? So while there are many, very, there are a lot, there are three ways, there are many ways that uh, characters revealed. And, but let me, let me give you three ways to maintain your integrity and strengthen your character this morning. You can write them down, they'll come up on the screen. First of all, strive to be the same person in front of the crowd as you are behind the scenes. Be the same. When the pressure's on, what's inside always comes out. In a crisis under stress, we don't have the luxury of keeping up appearances. It's in those times of, that our actions reveal who we really are for good or bad. Are you the same person at work as you are at church? Do you live differently around different peer groups? All of a sudden you're different. Are you the same? It's a good judge of character, integrity. Does your environment determine your speech or is it consistent no matter what? It's always the same. 
People who value integrity are the same in every crowd. Being able to bring credibility, what happens is you're able to bring credibility to the table. When you show up, credibility comes with you because you're a person of integrity and character. Your character and integrity should support your success, not undermine it. Can you say amen, church? Come on. It should support it, your success. Good character is being true to the right principles even when no one is there watching you. And especially then. Being faithful to God in your private life is more important than public perception. He cannot bless you with the big things unless you're faithful in the little things that nobody ever sees. Just ask David. Nobody saw he was in the cave. His friend says, kill him. Kill him. Take him out. David says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to touch the anointed of God. Let me say another thing about character. Be very careful not to conform as we're talking about this. Don't conform. You see, the character isn't always who we say we are, it's who we actually are. You can, make, you can fake almost anything in life, but never your character. You either have it or you don't. Character means doing the right thing regardless of what others think. Doesn't matter what you think. This is what I know is right. It often means standing alone and acting courageously. Romans 12, 2, we know what it says. It's very... One, a scripture we use often, do not conform. Can we read it together? One, two, three. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's easier to conform. Sometimes the stakes aren't that high. The outcome isn't that important, and it would just be easier all the way around to simply go with the flow. But leaving a godly legacy doesn't do that. They're willing to stand against the grain, even if all of society's going the other direction. As for me and my house, I'm serving the Lord. <laughs> I can give you countless times that my mom, in the midst of life's pressures, said, uh-uh, mm, mm I'm raising my kids right. I'm doing what's right. I'm serving the Lord. The other thing about character, you can write this one down. Learn to value the process of building your character. Learn to value it. And I need to move on, but it says in Romans 5, 3, 5, it says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This verse speaks of character being established through what? Endurance. You gotta endure. Oh, it's not easy. But how many of you know if you're if you, if you use the analogy of a of someone working out, Margaret? It's awesome seeing you this morning. Really good to see you, Barb and Daryl. You see somebody lifting weights and they're getting ready for the race. And we talked about finishing well, finishing the race last week. And mom did part three, did three, the third point on Mother's Day. But you, you, you just can't go, if you're going to run into a really good race, you just can't show up and with no training. You can't just show up and go, I'm going to just run this race. No, no, you're going to just, you're going to be left. They're going to smoke you in the race. You're going to be smoked. No training, no stretching, no working out, no lifting weights. Just see how far you go as a professional runner like that, and you aren't going to go anywhere, even if you're talented. Care.
character is built through endurance. Don't check your character at the door. You can get to the top without integrity. In fact, you can get there faster. Did you hear me? You can get to the top faster even without integrity, but you will not sustain it. You will be found out. You will be found a fraud. You know, it, it may take longer to get where you want to go when you've refused to take shortcuts, but there's treasure in the waiting, and there's promotion. There's promotion, the God kind of promotion in the waiting. When you endure well, when you persevere well, when you go through a season that seems like it never ends, and you've done it rightly, guess what happens? you come out with a promotion and a greater anointing than you had before. I've learned that it's in those times of waiting that I'm forced to struggle with the weight that my faith, my spiritual roots, and my maturity, they grow the most. God uses those times to grow you the most. It's not in the easy go flow times, it's in the perplexing times that the most growth happens and you find that you're stronger in the Lord. Because if the muscles are never tested, you can never become stronger. Okay, so let me go to point two. I wanted it to go longer on character and integrity. We need it. You need to be integrous. You need to be people that go, that is a peculiar person. That is a follower of God. If the world can't tell a difference between you and them, why in the world would they want to follow you? That's right. That's right. Does your life carry weight in the spirit? I am trying to go to point two, but let me just... <laughs> My, my mom's life carried weight when she prayed, heaven listened, and hell trembled. That's right. Why? She lived a holy, circumspect, integrous life. Number two, leave a godly legacy through dependability. Are you dependable? We all admire people who can be counted on. Don't you love it when you can call somebody and they're there? They're like, oh, you know, something came up. Oh, just something came up. No, they said they're going to be there. They're there. They're counted on, reliable, trustworthy, consistent, faithful. Proverbs 25, 15 says, like clouds and winds, wind without rain is a man who boasts of gifts. He does not give. Have you ever met anybody like that? I've met somebody like that. Oh, one day we're going to do this. One of these days we're going to, let's go do this one day. And hey, I'm going to. Long on promises, short on performance, people. Napoleon once said, promises everything. Promise everything and deliver nothing. Sounds like a good, po <laughs> sounds like a really good politician. Oh, to have politicians in our nation that follow God and do what's best for the nation and quit fighting. Okay, that's, I can't go that way. I can really go somewhere right now. Man, can I go somewhere with that? Okay, so Matthew 5, 37. But let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more... What, whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Matthew 5, 37 in the Message Bible, I think you'll like this. It says, and don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is in, et, embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you and never do it. And saying, God be with you and not really mean it. 
You make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your, in making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. And when you, when you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Amen. Might want to read the Message Bible once in a while. Psalm 15, 4 through 5, it says, He who keeps his oath, even when it hurts, will never be shaken. Reliability promotes stability. It brings a good name and respect. If you, if you, if you want to leave a godly legacy, character, integrity, and dependability, number three, leaves a, leave a legacy through living by priorities. How do you leave a godly legacy? Priority, have the right priorities in your life. I'll give you a clue. It involves touching another life. This life isn't just about you. You've been saved to do something. You're not saved to serve you. You're saved to serve others. Proverbs 11.27 says, If your goals are good, you will be respected. Proverbs 14.22, You will earn the trust and respect of others if you work for good. Respect is earned through living by priorities. He's talking about having worthwhile purpose, having a cause to live for, investing your time in your life, not just casually floating through life. People do that. Just like, oh, I get a paycheck, and I go to work, and I come back home, I get a paycheck, and go to work, maybe go on vacation. Is that life? You won't leave a godly legacy like that. It's all about me. <laughs> so short-sighted. The average American will live 25,550 days. Which day are you on? <laughs> I said the average. I've used this before. I think it bears repeating again. If you live to be 70 years old, an average American, here's how you'll spend your time. 23 years of your time sleeping. Man, that's a long time. 17 years of your life working. Nine years of your life watching TV. Six years of your life traveling. Six years of your life playing. Six years of your life eating. Two years dressing. One year in church. Is that the way you want to spend your life? People who earn the respect of others, people who make a name for themselves, have a goal, a worthwhile goal that brings impact to others' lives. They set it and they go for it, and people say, that person knows what they want out of life. They're helping other people at the same time. And Proverbs says, if your goals are good, you will be respected. You know, one businessman spent his entire life Climbing the ladder of success. And he says, when I got to the top, I found out that my ladder was leaning on the wrong wall. <laughs> That's a tragic thing to waste your life on things that really aren't going to last. So if you want to leave a legacy, a godly legacy, character, integrity, dependability, Live by priorities that are godly. Number four, leave a legacy through generosity. It says in Psalm 112.9, he says he gives, it says he gives generously to those in need. His, his deeds will never be forgotten. He shall have influence and honor. Look what that says. Never be forgotten. Influence. Honor. If what? We give generously. Yeah. Proverbs eleven twenty four twenty five. It is possible to give freely and become more wealthy, but those who are stingy will lose everything. The generous prosper and are satisfied. Those refresh others will themselves be refreshed you know we walk around trying to please ourselves or go woe is me and I find I don't know about you Don but in the middle of perplexities it's easy to be a recluse 
and stay introspective. But what I've also found is when I go and reach out and bless somebody in that day that I think I need the most and I bless somebody, all of a sudden I'm refreshed. <laughs> I'm really refreshed. Wow. It's like, Paul, it's like David said, he says, why so downcast, oh my soul? Because your soul can get interrupting. Your soul can interrupt spiritual endeavors. We need to bring our soul along for the ride. Your mind, your will, and your emotions is your soul. And the spirit needs to take your soul on a journey, not your soul take your spirit down. Sometimes we need to slap around the soul. <laughs> Say, come on into alignment here. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your trust in God. In other words, I'm having a bad day. I, I'm, I am, oh, my life sucks. I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of that. Shut up, soul. We're going to praise the Lord. <laughs> the Bible says you, we will prosper even as our soul prospers. There's healing for your soul, for your emotions, things that happened to you that should have never happened to you, abuses, brokenness, neglect, rejection. God has a healing. Jesus says, it, when he, Jesus says, it is finished, he says, I have provided every single thing you need to live victoriously. You don't have to live with the junk of your past. You don't have to live with the stuff of rejection and pain and sorrow and, and abuse. I will give you, I will take your mess and I'll give you a message. I'll take that incredible test that you have and give you a testimony. That is my wonderful power working grace flowing and my anointing flowing through your life. You don't have to live dysfunction. That is not my plan. That's the enemy's plan. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life and it be abundant to you. Anything short of abundance is not from God. When it comes to your soul. Let me take you to the last point. Be generous, though. Be generous. I like Ephesians chapter 5, 1. I'm going to highlight it real quick before I go to that last point. Watch what God does and then you do it. That's enough said right there, right? That's a big statement. Watch what God does. Now you go do it. Just like you're, you know, like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. How many are glad for that this morning? Yeah, me. Um, keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. He loved, his love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Amen. Amen. Let me say this one phrase before we turn the next page. It says, your rewards in life are determined by the problems that you solve for others. Be a problem solver, a generous one, to solve problems for other people. Now you're carrying the heart of God. He solved some really big problems for us. Now let me give you the last one. Leave a legacy through humbly submitting to God. Proverbs 3, 3 through 6, never tire of loyalty and kindness. Hold these virtues tightly. Write them deep within your heart. If you want favor with both God and man and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself. 
In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, no condemnation now hangs over the head of those who are in Jesus Christ. For the new spiritual principle of life in Christ lifts me out of the old vicious circle of sin and death. Let me ask you a question. Or actually, let me tell you something first. The opposite of the law of sin and death is the law of the Spirit. Everybody with me? The law of sin and death, the law of the Spirit. Now, the law of the Spirit overrides sin and death. Can you say amen to that? Where grace abounds, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Now, let me give you an example and take you on a quick journey of an example. The law of gravity says that what goes up must... Okay. What the law of gravity, what goes up, it's going to come down. However, when you get into an airplane, there's another law that comes to work. It's called the law of aerodynamics. Now, this law says that if an object moves at a certain speed and with a certain thrust, it will be able to climb out of gravity's pull. And when an airplane flies, gravity hasn't stopped. I want you to understand that. Gravity hasn't stopped its being gravitational. It has simply stopped being in control. The law of aerodynamics sets you free from the law of the pull of gravity. Now let's tie this together. Everybody tracking with me? The law of sin and death is always at work. But when you, are com- when you combine the combustion of the Holy Spirit with the speed of obedience... A new law lifts you higher and into a new plane of spiritual life and victory. We should be rising higher, saints, every day. We shouldn't be living under the circumstances. We have a law that transcends sin and death. And when Christians learn to operate by the law of the Spirit, the reality of the law of sin and death doesn't disappear. It's still there. The pull of sin and death is still operational, but it is no longer in control. Oh. We become like what we worship. There's a statement that I want to share with you. Whatever you come under, we have a right to access. Whatever you come under, you have a right to access. When we walk in humility and make God Lord of our lives, he will give us success to all that he has. The possibilities are endless because his resources are endless. The key to humility is saying no to a self-run life and saying yes to the lordship of God in your life. You say, God, it doesn't matter where or how. I'm there. What do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, guide me today. Direct my steps. Who do I need to call? Who do I need to touch? Who do I need to reach out to? Someone wrote, when grace changes the heart, submission out of fear changes to submission out of love, and true humility is born. Let me say that one more time. When grace changes the heart, submission out of fear changes to submission out of love, and true humility is born. Proverbs 22, 4, and I close with this. True humility and respect for the Lord lead a man to riches, honor, and a long life.
Anybody get anything out of this this morning? Let's just stand. Let's just stand this morning and we just lift our hands up to our Father. Can we do it together and just just love on our Father right now? Father, we just love you. I just love you, Father. Thank you for first loving me. I didn't know how to love until you showed me how. We love you, Father. We trust you even though we wanted to hang on to mom longer. You know what's best. We thank you, Father, that in the midst of every single season that we face, you're worthy of the trust. We recognize your word that says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust you with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding, but in every single way, in all of our ways, to acknowledge you and you will make our path straight. We stand on your word this morning that you have not last lost our address. You're here this morning. I just, I, wanna, I just want you to be encouraged in this word that God has not forgotten you. He loves you dearly. You may have been somebody this, even this last, you, it doesn't matter what you've done. You may have done some stuff that you're like, man, I wish I hadn't done that. And I know God doesn't, he'll never receive me back. Let me just tell you something, that's just a lie from the devil. No, he loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. The Bible says this, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you. I'm going to just have our team come, our prayer team come this morning. And, and whatever you're in need of this morning, if you want to come back to Christ, I want to encourage you to come. Maybe you're walking in uh, some aspects of brokenness. There's healing for you today. Maybe there's a dysfunction that you keep tripping over in your soul that you're tired of and you want to walk in the freedom that's been provided at Calvary. I want you to come. Maybe you need healing in your body. We didn't call out words of knowledge today, but let me just say this. It doesn't matter what you got going on in your physical body. Last week, we called the, at the end of worship. Was it last week? Two weeks ago. We came to the edge of the stage after worship, and the Lord said, I want to, I want to heal spines today. And uh, Darla had scoliosis in the bottom of her back, curvature of the spine, and the Lord straightened it. Is it still straight today? You look a little taller. How's the pain been? It's gone. How long have you been dealing with this? 30 years. Can we just give another thank you, Jesus? Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me just say this. God healed Lazarus rose from the dead and he died again. The point is it's how you live this life that's a divine setup for eternity. That's the point. But while we're here we're a conduit a literal conduit for bringing heaven to earth through your life, through your faith, through your love, that God has first loved you. Freely you have received, now go give it away. That is a godly legacy. Whenever, wherever, however, I'm yours.
So back to this. Whatever's tripping you up, don't leave tripped up before you leave. Don't leave tripped up. Come and receive freedom. If you need to spend time at the altar and say, God, I've been living my own life. I'm not going to live it anymore my way. I'm living it your way. Then build an altar. I can't build your altar. Only you can. I can't live your life for you. I can encourage your life. And this house will gladly encourage your life. But it's up to you to make a choice. That's how the kingdom works. So there's the invitation. So Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for your peace. We thank you, Father, that that you love us so much. And we just feel your embrace this morning. And we just thank you. I pray that, Father, that you will take us all on this journey we're willing to go on this journey with you of and we take off the seat belt i know kathy once in a while just keeps saying put on your seat belt but i think it's time for us to take off the seat belt and say god take us where you want us to go what i think is safety i want to i want to get into that place with you father because no matter where you are there's always safety so father i just pray for us to to walk on the edge of life and faith to do whatever you want us to do, to live a life in the simplest ways, and especially when no one is watching. Be men of character, women of character, integrity, dependability, generous, and walking every day in alignment with your word and your Holy Spirit guiding us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, the altar's open, come. Otherwise, go that way and enjoy each other's company. Amen. God bless you.